Hey, podcast listeners, this is your host, Michael Smalley. This is a warning. The following episode will be rated PG-13 because, oh yeah, Amy and I, that would be my lovely wife, are going to have some honest, real, overt conversations about sexual intimacy. So if you've got little ears that you don't want to have to hear what we're talking about, Now's the time to press pause and usher those little ears out of listening distance. But you'll want to come back because these shows are going to be awesome. Here we are, my listening friends, on the second episode of our new series titled Tonight, an honest, overt, real conversation about how to experience the greatest sex of your life. Oh, Lordy, (laughs) this is so nerve wracking for me. And you are going to be blessed by this series because you have me. Moa, who doesn't have a lot of hang-ups in terms of talking about sex. And you, you have my, embarrassed. my uh, mm. Southern Baptist wife, I, born and raised Southerner, I, Texas. I, yes, I'm from the South, and we do those things, but we don't talk about them. <gasps> it's hard. I am so impressed you even just said that. What, that we do these things, yeah. we just don't talk about them? I know. Well, obviously, I'm going to talk about you it today. Admitted, That's very... You admitted to certain sexual kinds of activity. <laughs> yeah. Well... You're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. I know Baptists like to keep everything hidden, but that is not this show. We have not gone to a Baptist church in quite some time, just to let you know. I know, which is why you're willing to do a series like this with me. (laughs) So, okay, now that we have lost all the Baptist uh, listeners, so we do not mean any dishonor towards anyone, but the point of the series is to have an honest conversation. And, you know, what's crazy is still the number one, number one post on our site is, is oral sex okay for a Christian couple? So... I mean, I guess even in 2018, there's still a lot of confusion and fear and false information or misinformation mm-hmm. about sex. And the point of this series is to help you get on a healthy track in your sexual intimacy as a husband and a wife. And we're going to have fun. And so we're going to tackle topics like today. What's okay? What's not okay? And the good news is we're going to make it simple. It's not complicated. It's not going to get into deep theological discussions, although there is one section of Scripture that I cannot avoid. Okay. And we'll get there in a minute. But today we're talking about, you know, how when it comes to sexual intimacy, you know, where where are we? Like, what's healthy? Is oral sex okay? Are toys okay? Sex toys? You know, how much fun are we really allowed to have as a married couple when it comes to sex? Wow. This is going to be hard, huh? (laughs) (laughs) You make it difficult for me. I do? Yeah. You just do. I'm just going to say that. I know. Is it because I'm so sexy that that's what makes it difficult for you? Uh, Or is it because I'm so 
conservative. Yes. If that makes me. And makes you say things that I could flush out and humiliate you over that you don't mean. That's well, yeah. Right, you just say things unintentionally. It's my I know, favorite it's because I'm I I I want to be a bit naive. I know that, and it's why this is one of my favorite sessions that we get to do when we're speaking live around the world, because you will inevitably say something that can be taken sexually, and I run with it, and then you're mortified. Yeah, like I would just like this one to just kind of lay back and let you just kind of take take the you know take the helm on this one. Just let, sit back and let you do it. I'm done. what are you doing? I'm sorry. I mean, there's a part of me that I don't don't really want to talk that much. I don't know. <laughs> You're killing me. I'm sorry. Oh, all right. So here we go. We're having a conversation about what is healthy and what are the boundaries, mm-hmm. I guess, that you should have in your sexual relationship because, yeah, we'll get into that. So here's the deal. Let's just start off with the answer, right? Okay. So if you're wondering, you're listening to this going, hey, what's okay? Like, what are we allowed to do in particular? Because I don't think a lot of secular couples are asking this question. <laughs> like, hey, what are we allowed to do? What are we? I mean, I think they just sort of have whatever boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I get it. I'm a pastor. You're a pastor. You know, Christians, can. there can be a lot of confusion around this, mm-hmm. right? So, like, what's allowed? And, and obviously, especially even just 20 years ago, there was there was bad teaching on the subject, in my opinion. So let's just start off with kind of the overarching umbrella is when it comes to oral sex, toys, fun, and even what y'all listening might consider fun in the bedroom together, what's permissible, what's allowed? Here's the answer. Be honoring, be kind, be serving, be patient, be loving. That's the rules. Mm-hmm. There's, not, there's really no other rules in the Bible when it comes to a husband and a wife and what they can and cannot do sexually together. Okay, I'm going to be very vulnerable here. Oh. Are you ready for this? Okay. Be honoring, be kind, be pleasure. Be pleasurable. There's a part about that sex, a lot of times when people say, you know, oh, let's make love. There's a part of it that love to me, there's so many different facets of that. But this kind of love is a pleasurable kind of love. So... You don't want to do something that's unpleasurable, that makes someone feel uncomfortable, that is dishonoring. And I think that, you know, sometimes when we think about pleasuring each other, then that is a give and take, and it's and it's something special, and it's unique. Amen, sister. Way I said go. it. You did. And I think many people listening are laughing. Because that is difficult. But this is why I love that you and I are married because we get to show people a wide spectrum of personality and who's who and what a marriage can look like. And, you know, it, it would not be uncommon for a husband and wife to be kind of different, even in obviously in this area as well. Some are going to be more conservative, some are going to be more adventurous. And the reality is when we start off by going, look, when it comes to your sexual relationship, be honoring. You know, be Christ-like. Don't make this into a selfish thing or a manipulative thing. I mean, and that's where, and this is something I've taught our kids, is we run into all sorts of questions, right? Like, what's allowable? Am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed to do that? And my, my response always to any of these things is, hey, does it honor God? Does it honor others? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of that, you're okay because, frankly, you can twist and pervert anything that can be good. So anything good like sex can also be twisted and be dysfunctional and, and sinful and hurtful and damaging. So it's not that sex is a good or bad thing. It just is. It's how we implement. It's how we behave. It's how it's where our heart is. And I would even say that when you were something about when you were saying that even sex can be something, the amount of time or the amount of pressure, maybe a week or you know something like well, last last session we talked about you know what's the average you know how many does the average couple what's what's healthy and it was one to eleven and anywhere in that range and now remember it was anywhere in that range in that range is right considered normal right but again there might be i had a client i don't know if i i don't think i shared this in the last episode but i had a couple a husband and wife when we got to that question on sexual intimacy in the intensive they they both were like 20, 25 times. No, they were 30. It was like every it's day. One, and that's fine if that's pleasurable for both of them and, and honorable for both of them. And that's what I but said. I, I think for me, this is something, a challenge. And I this is something I think that men and women both need to be thinking about is that the way that we pleasure, the way that we love each other, the way that we honor each other, we need to be able to um, diversify, if if that's a good word to say. You know, men need to know and be, yes, maybe they're always their go-to might be for them to feel connected through sexual intimacy, but they can feel connected and they can feel pleasure from feeling that emotional connection. And sometimes men will, if they're nervous, if they're, uh, you know, let's say there's a, they're fearful or there's anxious or they're trying to work through something. They might, you know, think that they need sex when really they might, they might need sex, but they also might actually need to talk about it. And they might actually need to relationally relate. And sometimes when your relationship is out of balance and they think, oh, my gosh, what if I, I have to jump through all these hoops and we have to talk before we have sex or whatever. Part of that is that God created your wife and God created your husband to be able to balance each other out. And I think that sometimes because men associate connection with that or intimacy or pleasure with with that but there's a balance there and sometimes if things are getting to a place where your wife may say wait a minute hold on this isn't pleasurable for me anymore because this is overkill it's kind of it it was something that if I can't offer it as a gift and it becomes it feels like it's taken from me somewhere or, or it's a pressure put on me. Say it's, you know, it's outside. Say her comfort zone is every three, four, five days. And you're saying every day. And it becomes some something that it feel like feels like it's being taken from her. That becomes an, not a pleasurable thing and it becomes dishonoring. Well, it's why couples need to have that discussion. Right. Right. And especially a Christian couple or a conservative couple. This could be an issue because they're almost embarrassed, or maybe it's the wife that's embarrassed or the husband's embarrassed, and or they've been struggling, right? They they didn't know, right? Uh, maybe they were virgins when they got married, and they didn't have a lot of experience with sex, and sex was probably a shameful thing growing up, well, where, I, where they're told don't do it, and that's the you know I we wrote a book called Don't Date Naked. And that was for people who are dating. It was put on the full armor of God in your dating relationship. 
But what's sad, especially within the church, and if you grew up in the church, a lot of your stories is, man, all I ever heard about sex, the only thing I knew about sex before I got married was don't do it. And they never read anything. They didn't get good, healthy premarital education. And so then they get married, and it's still that shameful, embarrassing, we don't talk about it. And that's a part, too, I guess, a goal I have for this series is to get you guys having a conversation where you can discuss this part of your relationship. It's okay to talk about it. Now, when you talk about it, be kind and gracious and honoring to each other. Don't get critical or shaming. Don't, don't, don't get negative in the conversation, but it's why you want to have a discussion about frequency, for example. Right. Because what's sad, and, and I mean, again, most men, the average male tends to be more... To, you know, tends to want sex more than the average female. Those numbers are coming closer and closer together as women's liberation and freedom and women are allowed to also, you know, enjoy sex and it's not just an obligation anymore in our current society. You still need to have those conversations because what's sad, and, and I'll just say this, for the person, if you're feeling overwhelmed by the frequency desire of your spouse, Hey, you got to ask yourself first, is that on me? Have I ever shared what my desire is? Have I ever shared with my spouse, hey, look, man, you're kind of, you know, this desire for every other day is is kind of stressful for me. And I'm more of an every four days or an every seven days kind of person. Can we talk about this? Let's land on a win-win where we can both know because now the husband and still or you know the spouse who wants more or who's constantly being turned down you can resolve that issue just with a conversation because mm-hmm. we run into that a lot where one spouse is desiring it a heck of a lot more than the other but they never talked about it so the one spouse is constantly feeling rejected and you don't need to you can talk about it and 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 here's the point again is in that conversation about frequency you have to honor the other person so, Amy, if you if you came at me in this conversation, we're like, look, I'm twice a month. That's sort of where I'm comfortable or I think where my natural desire is. And let's just, you know, we're just making up stuff here. Let's say I'm at whatever, 15 times or 10, mm-hmm. let's go 10, 10 times a month. Well, that difference, 10 and 2, is pretty significant. It's not impassable. But I can't, I'm not allowed to just draw a line in the sand with 10 and go, if I don't get it 10 times, then you're failing me. Because, hey, I married a wife that wants it twice. And so I don't get to just bulldoze her and say, well, too bad. You got to come meet my needs. And then the wife needs to be saying, or Amy, you would need to be saying, look, I might be at a two, but my husband's at a 10. So really, I think in the healthiest situation, you're going to increase in frequency. And I'm going to decrease in frequency. And we're going to try to, we're going to, in a healthy way, loving way, meet in the middle. And I think that when you meet in the middle, as a man, you're, or as the, the spouse that, say, only feels their intimacy needs from sex, I just want to push back a little bit and say, maybe some of you need to push back and and relate relationally more. Oh, you're going to push Feel, back with me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to push back. 
no, with you. But being able to to compromise in those two, and for for a woman to be able to engage in a man's love language, or for the opposite spouse to say, you know, for them to engage in that love language, but we need to be able to balance each other out. If if your relationship doesn't feel balanced it will probably feel like, wow, he wants sex way more than I do. Our relationship is really out of balance. And I, but as I'm challenging, as, as you were talking, I was also thinking about, uh, you know, when you were talking about when you're growing up, it was no, 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 yes. You know, now it's yes. And, you know, you're supposed to, I don't know, do, do all kinds of funky stuff or whatever. Or what? I, I would argue a lot of couples get married. And if they're not able to talk about this stuff, they don't know what to do. They don't know what's okay. They don't know what they should. And they just have their desires and it goes left undiscussed. And I just want to, but there's a psychology, I feel like, in a way, that a shift that you were talking about that happens from a dating relationship to a married married relationship. And, And I think sometimes it happens maybe more with women, but you know what, we may need the guys to respond, you know, you know, in via email um, and tell us if they feel the same way. But it's kind of like if it's naughty, then it's good. And it feels like, oh, this is the way that society tells us that sex should be. Like and 50 so shades of whatever. Whatever, yeah. And so when it's like that, then it's erotic and it's pleasurable and it's this and it's that. And then when you get married, now... Oh, now since we have God's approval, now that it's not naughty, then we don't necessarily get the same arousal that we did before, or it, we, you know, we don't get our it, because there's not that sense. And dealing with that that guilt, shame, um, shift in thinking that is something that I think needs to be addressed and you need to be able to, you know, when you're talking about, you know, oh, well, does it honor God? Well, when you think about sex, you don't think, I'm not thinking about, is this honoring? I mean, you know, I think about, is it honoring the person? But I'm thinking, God, do you honor this? Because I don't think, you know, people would say, well, if if God came down and you were doing this, would that, you know, how would he well, feel about it? And actually, I'm just like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be thinking about God in this moment. Hey, okay, I'm going to, let's let's go there. Because I think this is the problem, is that this is what we've done in the church is, again, we've made sex into this naughty, separate from God thing. And, I, I mean, I'm the point of this series is to go, God created this. It is true, And when yes. people go, God created sex for procreation, really? Yeah. Really? Because that's why he gave us the the amount of, of nerve endings and the pleasure that are private parts. I, I said this is a PG-13. Yes. So I won't get crazy. Yes. But that the female private parts and the male private parts, well, heck, man, why the world would he, why would he put Song of Solomon in the scripture? I mean, come on, people, just, just Google Song of Solomon and man, you want to talk about erotic and sexy and, you know, a husband and wife, like getting it going that young Jewish men weren't even allowed to read that until they were ready to get married because it is not... I mean, they're they're yes. they're word pictures. Yes. Well, hello. Yes. They don't mm-hmm. necessarily translate to today, so we read it and kind of just go past it because we don't get it. But back in the day, what? Yes. Yeah. So, so here's the deal. I want to take it from things sexually with my spouse, with your spouse, with my wife. Get past the naughty thing, 
Because for me, it only becomes naughty when we are dishonoring our spouse. That's when, for me, it gets naughty. Everything else is okay. It's permissible. And you said, Amy, that I don't know if I want to be thinking about God. Well, let me tell you what God says. Because I challenge people, you know this, at live Mm -hmm. events. And I will say, you know, everything's permissible as long as you're honoring God and others. And I challenge you to find the scripture. Yeah, dishonoring someone's body, too. Right. Well, exactly. Right. And so I challenge you to find the scripture that tells me otherwise. And only one time in one event in all these years, a guy came up to me and said, why don't you try reading Leviticus 18, 6 through 23? And I thought, oh, well, maybe I've been wrong. So can I give you some of the boundaries? Because God has put boundaries yes. on sex. Yes. There are, there are boundaries in the word of God that you, you should some be aware of. black and whites. You yes. need to be aware of this. Yes. Thing. Can I give like just yes. a highlight? Give the highlights, yes. Do, so this is Leviticus 18, 6 through 23. And it starts off, no one is to approach any close relative to have sexual relationships. I am the Lord. That's good. All right, that's rule number one. No relatives. Are you cool with that one? I'm so cool with that one. I am so down with that one. So don't don't dishonor your father by having sex with your mother. Ooh. I mean, seriously, the Lord had to put this in writing for these people. Well, yeah. They they clearly, you know, got off track. Yes. So don't have sex with your mother. Do you you agree with that one? Yes, I agree. I I also. He clarifies, she is your mother. Do not have relations with her. Yes. Got Agreed. it. Agreed. No problem. Don't have sex with your father's wife. Uh, don't have sex with your sister. Uh, any hangups? No. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that one. Um, don't have sex with your mother's daughter, which would obviously be your sex. I, clearly, they had to really spell this one out. Don't have sex with your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter. So don't have sex with your grandchildren. So basically, I'm good with unpacks that. the first one. Don't have any sexual with any of your relatives. Well, and I, I, unpacks I, I, specifically you who know, your relatives are. Well, don't have sex with uh, your father's sister. Don't dishonor your father's brother your by uncle. approaching his wife. Don't have sex with your uncle or yep. your aunt. No uncles or aunts, which again, okay. do you have any hangups? I do you not. feel like that's being too prude? No. I do not either. Uh, don't have sexual relations with both a woman and her daughter. All right. Got it. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Again, no argument. And he's saying, like, these things are wickedness, which I would totally agree. Don't take your wife's sister as a rival wife, so don't add wife number two. That's insane. We know that's not a healthy thing. It even goes in here to have, it says, don't have sex with animals. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. A woman must not present herself to an animal to have sexual yeah. relations with it. This is a perversion. Yes. Do you agree with that one, too? I totally agree with Seriously, that Seriously, people, I had to unpack that because, okay, that's it. Those are the boundaries, which I totally agree with God. Those, those, are, those are all very healthy boundaries. So we still get to land on it's all good. If you are honoring each other, there's the hang up because, because you and I, perfect example, you are more conservative sexually than I am. Is that a fair? Yes. 
So I might be more adventurous. Yes. And so in the course of our marriage, I might bring up an idea or something I read because I do research and I've, man, just read Kevin Lehman's book. Cheap music? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He gives you a lot of good ideas and he really spells it out for you. <laughs> he spells goes, it out. Yeah, he does. Pictures. He writes no. it out. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have any pictures, but he writes out different right. things you can try with each other. And over the years, I might go, hey, would you like to try? Mm-hmm. And then... Your reaction is what's really important because I want people to hear this. If I come to you, in an, again, not in a complaining, irritable, dishonoring way, but if I've heard of something or discovered something and I'm thinking, whoa, we've never tried that, I might go, hey, would you be willing to try this? How are you supposed to react? Honoring. Yeah, so like, give me, give me a bad reaction. Oh, wow. A bad one. A no, a bad, bad one? one? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you would even think about that. That's disgusting. There you go. That would be a totally inappropriate reaction. And frankly, and let me just help people out here for just a second. If your spouse reacts that way, I probably wouldn't spend a great deal of time focusing on them and their reaction because I'm guessing if, if, they react in, in a negative manner like that, that might actually say more about how the status of your emotional relationship with each other. Or that the emotional sc- state of the person. Let's just say I have, I know we're not going to talk too much about this, but there are people that, that their boundaries have been uh, abused, as, say as a child, or let's say they didn't follow the rules and somebody's or uncle. Someone or someone else didn't follow right, the rules. Right, exactly. Someone else didn't follow the rules and there was abuse in their past. They are going to be more conservative, and they do need to have a lot of safety and feel very comfortable in that in that arena. And you said the right word, safety. Mm-hmm. That's the point. I think if your spouse reacts in that negative manner, it might. It might. Again, you may have been super loving, and you might be a very kind, supportive, safe spouse. And if they react negatively, then it, it could be pointing to childhood trauma or previous relationship trauma that you might be unaware of and it really doesn't have anything to do with you more often than not my guess is you haven't done a good job creating a safe relationship because let's give them a good response so in the past when i've brought up something like hey would you like to try this or hey i just read this in sheet music we've never tried it what do you think what's a healthy response and i didn't want to do it like, right, I and didn't you, you I yeah. was like, "Oh, wow, okay, wow, all right." That I will have to think about that one. That's maybe a little bit out of my comfort zone, but let me think about it. Which is so good because I like Amy in that response, which is genuinely been your response, not a ton. I don't think I've no, yeah, and so because we're not that far apart, but. What I like about that kind of response is you didn't just go, oh, my gosh, no. Because mm-hmm. that, that's harsh. It's a, you know, it's a strong shutdown, and mm-hmm. I could potentially negative belief that thing endlessly. What I like is going, okay, all right, you know what? Uh, I don't know. Can I think about it? And give it some time because maybe as you m- think about it and process it, you might change your mind, 
But if you don't, then you can come back and lovingly go, hey, I, you know, I, you know, I'm not wanting to just shut this whole thing down for you. But honestly, I think I just, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't be comfortable with that. You might be able to come back and say, I honestly don't know. I'm willing to try, but will you just be open that if it's uncomfortable or I just, I, you know, I can't, it doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Can we then make sure and talk about that? It's totally fine. So it's okay to try things that, man, I might realize, that was a terrible idea or whatever. And, and But the key is that you're talking about it. So sexual intimacy is just another way for you to serve each other. So in sex and what is and what is not allowed, you know, what's not allowed is selfishness. But it's also not about the orgasm. It's about loving and serving each other. I think sometimes people, they minimize sex down to that one event, to that orgasm. And am I going to orgasm or not? And it's not about that. That's not the point of sex. That is a fun part of sex. But I, I think what we believe, the bigger point of sex is intimacy, like wholehearted relationship intimacy increases when your sexual life is healthy and vibrant. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. I think I'm coming back to the whole idea of pleasure, though. There's a sense of if you think about it as that, as pleasuring each other, then you're serving each other, you're loving each other, and you can, there's a part of that that makes you kind of relax because when you think of the word when I think of the word pleasure, I think, oh my gosh, that it's a it is a relaxing, it is a gift. And when you think about that versus what society or what you know the TV, you know, they all seem like they're it's, it seems so rough or or I don't know selfish. selfish and rough and and like somehow and and naughty and you know and and that's not what this is about. That's not what our relationship as Christ followers, not what our sexual relationship should be. It should be a back and forth loving and pleasuring each other so we've kind of talked about oral sex and we're saying it's okay again if you're both cool with it right and there could be totally pleasure there could be total legitimate reasons why your spouse or both of you just don't enjoy that then don't do it you don't have to have oral sex to have a pleasurable sexual relationship with each other and and that goes for any other kind of position you can come up with. So the boundary that I would put on your relationship when it comes down to sexual intimacy, and I didn't have this in the notes and I have no idea why, but I'm realizing the boundaries for me is beyond, right? Like the boundary is, hey, I got to honor you Mm -hmm. and serve you. That's the most important thing. Sex is not about me. It's about me pleasuring my wife. It's about you pleasuring your husband. But the boundaries, the easy boundaries outside of Leviticus, which are blatant, is no third-party people. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I know that's obvious, but I will put pornography in yes. third-party people. I know that if you're just watching pornography together as a couple, you're like, well, hold on a minute. There's not another person in our bedroom. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, there is. It's in they're just brain. on this. Well, right. they're in your brain, but they're, it's just on a, a television screen or a computer monitor or whatever it is. That's a third-party. Pornography is destructive. We'll have a series coming up at some point here, probably over the summer, about pornography specifically. 
But pornography is not good. Period. End of story. And Amy, I don't know what your experience is. I am shocked by the percentage of Christian couples who are who are okay watching pornography together. Yeah, they use it as a way to get turned on. Yeah, and and, and, uh, and to me that goes against it. It, it again. It goes to that thing of sex has to be naughty. Sex has to be something that's a bit perverted. And that's what pornography is. Pornography perverts. It pervert and it puts it in a very tainted bad light. And, you know, just as you were talking too, there's some women that are like, oh, I just put up with sex. You know, I just, and, and that's so not, that's not the, the kind of attitude or heart that God wants for that person either. God wants us to be able to have an accurate view of what sex is. And so that, to me, the the idea of pleasure, just keep having that in your forefront of your of your brain or, or, or redefine, use something different besides what the world is saying because the world has perverted sex in such a traumatic way that it's really hard to make that shift, especially if you've had other partners, especially if you've had, you know, and, and so now you're like, wait a minute, how do I have a wholesome yet, yet, you know, I've achieved orgasm or I've I've achieved, you know, pleasuring, you know, myself or that in different ways. And so how can I make that honor God or, or have it in a, in a, you know, in a healthy way? A lot of it is you are going to have to redefine some of what you believe sex is being. And that is pornography and thinking that I have to do this and this and this in order to achieve, in order to get to that place of pleasuring that's man that's that it just makes it harder and harder and the boundaries of that perversion just keep getting more and more blurred and when i tell couples who are watching pornography together and like really you're kind of being a prude michael or it's really no big deal and it just enhances and we enjoy it i mean we don't mind every time i'll go well i genuinely disagree and so Mm -hmm. i i just want to push back but you know, it's your, I'm not going to force, you know, these are adults. They got to make their own decision. But I do tell them, I think your opinion will change when you come home and your spouse is pleasuring him or herself while watching pornography and you ain't in the room. Exactly. And guess what? That's where it goes. Because mm-hmm. the nature of a pornography addiction, which, by the way, you will develop watching together. You are going to become addicted. It is the most highly, pornography is more addictive than heroin. Mm. It is, I mean, they have done MRI studies of the brain. This is not some prude pastor in rural Georgia talking about the evils of pornography. These are real secular researchers who have people's brains and they'll, they'll MRI brain as they take a hit of heroin and all the addictive parts light up Then they'll, They'll MRI a brain as they're watching pornography and all the addic- and it lights up significantly more in the brain watching pornography than heroin. And what that means, and, and this is the problem with porn, and we won't go too far into this, is it degrades. Yes. So what works at first will stop working. So the two of you are either going to start watching some stuff you really, really don't need to be watching, or... And, and I, you know, how many times have I had them call me back and go, you're right. Mm-hmm. I came it's home tonight and my husband was watching it by himself in our bedroom. It's and a that perversion. was hurtful. And it is hurtful and it is a perversion. So keep that out. So 
we've talked about oral sex and other positions. Sky's the limit as long as each of you is okay and feels honored in whatever you're wanting to do with just each other. Mm-hmm. Pornography is out. Third people, literally third people. And I've had that. Oh, or they're yeah. swingers. Had to learn about swingers here, and that was traumatizing. <laughs> and so that's obviously totally out. Now, we need to end with a good discussion about sex toys. Mm. Because that seems to be one of those other hang-ups in Christian communities and relationships where they're like, no, vibrators are bad, or sex toys are bad, that's evil. And the best way, I think, for me to push back on this one is there was an 80-something-year-old pastor that was giving a tour to some other young pastors. I was one of them. And as we were going through his house, he was kind of mentoring, whatever. We're going through his house. We're all there for the first time. He's showing us all the rooms. And he gets to the bedroom. He's a super cute, funny guy. He's like, ah, here's where all the magic hat. And he, he stumbled. We're like, what's going on? And we're looking in his room. And on the nightstand next to their bed was a gigantic vibrator. I mean, there was no mistaking. <laughs> it was a vibrator. And it just got silent. And I'll tell you. At this point in my life, I, I would have said sex toys are off limits. It's wrong. And then he turned, and with the wisdom of an 80-something-year-old, he goes, well, I better explain that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all, like, stunned, right? What are we going to talk about? And he went, gentlemen, I'm 80 years old. Things don't work for me like <laughs> they used to. So he's impotent. Yeah. He went, are you going to tell me? that I'm not allowed to still pleasure my wife, even in my 80s. That's sweet. Isn't that precious? That's precious. And I mean, in one statement, I'm like, I'm in. I get it. (laughs) Because it's the same stinking rule, people, is everything in life, everything, it matters what's your heart behind your actions. Yeah. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. If your heart is to be selfish, bad idea. If your heart is to dishonor or degrade your your spouse, obviously, bad idea. And so sex toys, listen, and, and especially gentlemen and ladies, there's a lot of women, not a tiny percentage, and I won't throw out a fake percentage, but it's not a low percentage because I had this number at one point and I forgot to put it on the notes. But there's a good percentage of women that can't even that will not be able to reach orgasm without a vibrator. They just can't because of biological reasons, the position of certain body parts. Some stuff just this shifts st- around. It, yeah, after birth, yeah, things shift around, and she just can't. And so to say a vibrator is wrong or some sort of sex toy is wrong is absurd to me. Now, can it be wrong? Yes depending on your heart behind it. If you're like that 80-year-old pastor or if you're a loving husband or a loving wife that is trying to help your spouse really be able to enjoy and enjoy the the part of orgasming, then sex toys are fine. It's great. You don't need to have a hang-up about it. Mm -hmm. Have a blast. Mm -hmm. Again, as long as your spouse is okay. Mm -hmm. So if she's okay, if he's okay, then go for it. If you're not, tell each other, hey, you know, because, hey, there could be women out there. I don't know. You're a woman. Amy's a woman. Sometimes, yes. I know. Emotionally, you're more of a type A male. But there could be women that go, look, I'm okay. 
I don't need the orgasm. And honestly, there again, there could be traumatic experiences with a former person or whatever that involved a vibrator or some sort of sex toy. And so for them, they're like, I'm good. I don't like it. I don't need it. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just the point is you got to make sure you're both on the same page. Absolutely. Oh, how do you feel? Okay, better. Did not you, not as bad. Not as bad as I thought it was, was going to be. It, it was wasn't okay. as mortifying no, as you feared no, it would be? No, it was good. Well, I hope we answered a bunch of your questions, and I hope that you're landing on, look, we need to be honoring, serving each other, and that includes the bedroom. That includes sexual intimacy. And if we want to have fun in different rooms or and pleasure each other, pleasure. If we want to pleasure, that's what, that's what that's the key right there. It is honor it's and pleasure, honor and pleasure each other. And so you need to understand what does it look like to pleasure each other, and what does my wife or what does my husband feel like is pleasuring, and then go do those things and have a blast doing it and do it guilt free and. I don't. I was gonna say conscious free, but I don't even know if that no, makes sense. No, that's not right. You want to be conscious. That's that's like roofie or something. You don't <laughs> yeah. want to do. That. All right, that'd be another that boundary. Is, that yes. Don't do not drug your spouse. spouse. Yes. Yeah. Do not drug drug your spouse. Yes. That no. Definitely a good don't, good point. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. And as always, you can head on over to smalleyinstitute.com. We have some amazing free courses for you. So just go to smalleyinstitute.com and you'll see them there right on the homepage and you can sign up for free and they're legit, they're complete, so you're not going to get teased and get some kind of partial course. We have it on communication, we have it on our Smalley Animal Personality Assessment, but they're really powerful, so just go to smalleyinstitute.com and sign up today. We had to see Yeah, I wanted To be the melody Above the noise Above the hurt I was young My heart skips skipping the beach You're not close enough So that space between You and me Let's lose it The way you're dancing Swaying to the music Girl, that body And how you move it Every time you cross my mind Girl, I lose it Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist Okay With Amazon Music A voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs Download the Amazon Music app today Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply.